Hi, and welcome to Season 3 of Emetophobia Help. I'm your host, Anna Christie, licensed therapist, author, and recovered emetophobic. Trigger warning for these podcasts will be words and sometimes a story, but I try to make sure they're not too gross. For you therapists who are listening, Dr. David Russ, child psychologist, and I have a new resource website for you at emetophobia.net, and there are self-help instructions there as well if you're looking for exposure resources. Um, people with emetophobia, I have a new Facebook group that I made called Emetophobia No Panic, which has very strict rules and is more about sharing success therapy information, and so on, more so than the other groups. If you're enjoying this podcast or you find it helpful, you can buy me a coffee for a couple of bucks or a couple of pounds. Just scroll down in the notes to see the link. Season three. This is episode one. And I'm here with Julia today, who's from Derbyshire. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that properly with my Canadian accent, but Derbyshire, England. Welcome, Julia. Hi, thank you for having me. It's great. It's great that you're here. So let's just start off the way I pretty much always do. Just tell me your story about emetophobia when it started and things like that um i couldn't say exactly but uh i i assume it was sort of in primary school which is i think i was about eight when i first realized i was weird about sick in sort of ways that my friends weren't um but it wasn't like a big massive issue um i just sort of would get upset when friends were ill um but only if i actually saw it happen um it wasn't till i'd given birth uh that it sort of blew up into a massive phobia um oh really wow yeah I, i'd had panic attacks as a teenager so I suffered with um, anxiety and depression anyway um, but yes after I'd given birth it was like I don't know it must have been a mixture of hormones and stuff um, being in hospital for quite a long time and it just yeah became a huge deal didn't want to eat and didn't want to go out, panicked all the time, couldn't sleep. Um, not that I could sleep anyway <laughs> with a newborn. Right. But... Yeah, with a newborn, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's when I sort of started looking into what it was, found out that it was a phobia and tried to get over it basically um so i did a lot of therapy and work and gradually got what i thought was too recovered mm -hmm. um until this year 
in March, I think, and I had um, like a major setback, and I was back to couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't go out, couldn't do anything, oh. like engaging in the safety behaviours, washing my hands like crazy. Um, so that was like a big sort of shock to yeah. me because I kind of I got to a point where I was not bothered again by it. Right. Um, yeah. Did something happen that uh, set you back? Yeah. Yeah. So my boyfriend's daughter got a sickness bug and then my son got some kind of bug he didn't throw up um and then i got a bug which must have been from him but i again i didn't throw up it was just the other end um right. but it lasted right. it lasted for about a week and i just progressively mm-hmm. was like overthinking um my boyfriend's daughter was ill i'm ill everybody's ill and i just sort of right. spiraled um yeah but it happened so quickly, I was just coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's quite an interesting story. I mean, I'm sorry that this has happened to you right from the beginning. You know, like, <laughs> sorry that it happened to you at eight and again when you gave birth and again just recently. Um, although it does yeah. uh, it give us hope that you'll um, be able to recover again. So I'm sure that a lot of our listeners can identify with many parts of what you've just described as your story yeah. because um yeah so do you mind if i just ask you some questions about it from the beginning kind of yeah that's okay okay um so you were eight and it was yeah. you started to realize that you were afraid of seeing this were you afraid of being sick yourself at that time well um, I couldn't remember what it was like because um, I think the last time that I'd been sick at that point was when I was like three. Um, so I, I didn't really think that I would be sick. It sort of didn't register in my mind that I would be sick. <laughs> um, right. So I didn't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. But you didn't like, you, you know, and in school... Uh, often there are kids that are sick in school, right? And then you don't, and then yeah, it can be I mean, scary, really scary. Yeah, and, but didn't really happen for me. I, I was since I was probably three or four. I didn't throw up again till I was twenty-one. So wow, right? And you don't look much older than twenty-one now, is it? Is, was twenty? <laughs> Twenty-six. Was tw- Okay, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, yeah. uh, pretty accurate here. Um, and was <laughs> was age twenty one? Oh no, you weren't sick with this last thing. Yeah, okay, that's okay. A lot of um, kids, I think, a lot of people, of course, m- the majority, huge majority, this starts in childhood. Uh, we don't know why exactly. But it doesn't matter why, because, you know, the, the path to getting over it's the same. Um, yeah. But eight years old, that's pretty normal age, eight, nine. Uh, for some reason, a lot of phobias set in right around then. Um, and uh, so when, 
what happened between the time you were eight and when you first, well, how, how old were you when you gave birth to your son? Um, I was 20. Okay. Um, and then turned 21 two weeks later. Okay. And so between age eight and age 20, what was happening for you then? What was life like? Um, was, I mean, pretty normal. I was at school. Um, I was quite rebellious when I got to high school. <laughs> um, I was quite depressed and like angsty. Um, mm. Yeah, um, yeah, did my exams and, and then decided. To... Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, no, then I decided to go to college. Um, but yeah, the emetophobia wasn't a major part of my life then. Okay, um, no, I'd yeah. get I'd get worried if like sick happened, like and I was in front of it or right. But then I'd sort of you know go on with my day and I wouldn't really think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a lot of people in that category. Um, about 0.1 to, depending on who you read, to 0.2% of people will have actually a phobia and will probably seek therapy for it. But um, 6 to 7% of the population is afraid of vomiting, but they only think about it when they're, you know, faced with it and then their life is normal in between so that's really common i mean that's 23 million people in the united states um about four or five million in in the uk that have a fear of it um so but yeah so i feel like that's i feel like that's okay you know to have Mm. fear when it's happening because it's not it's not nice and it doesn't have to be scary, but I think it's okay to sort of feel a bit, you know, oh, I don't like this, I don't want this to happen. Right. Yeah, I always thought, because for my whole life, I was just terrified <laughs> all the time. And I remember thinking, if I was only afraid right before I was sick, you know, which only happens every 10 yeah. or 20 years when you're an adult, then <laughs> that would be great. I could, even if, yeah. And um, yeah. I remember getting to that point and then... Yeah, it was, it was, okay. Oh, now, now apparently I'm not even afraid then. So that's good. So there's lots of hope, <laughs> lots of good. hope for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so tell, tell us about this birth experience. You said something about being in the hospital a long time. Was there something particularly traumatic about it? Um, yeah, it was quite traumatic. Um, I my waters broke about a week before they sent me in to be induced um, because nothing was happening after the water broke and they were worried about infection. Um, mm-hmm. um, they induced me and it just sort of went on for hours and hours um, with not much progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had to have. Um, an epidural, but I've got spine condition, um, which meant that I only worked on half my body. 
Like um, as in like either your right side or your left half, you mean? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Gosh. So I only worked on one side. Just I've got that's, a curved spine. Wow. That's yeah. that's crazy. Um, so it must have hurt on the one side still. <laughs> I would think. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I lost sort of sensation of my legs, which apparently is normal, but I found it really scary. Um, I suppose sort of felt like I was kind of trapped, um, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of emetophobes will agree is right. part yeah. of the phobia. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, and then we both had an infection. We had to stay in hospital on strong antibiotics, um, which made me feel really sick. Um, I didn't throw up, but there were a few occasions where I, like a normal person would have. (laughs) Right, right. That's, that's very true. Um, Emetophobics just don't throw up as often as regular other other people and we don't know whether that helps cause the emetophobia or whether it's a result of the emetophobia um if, but either way people can still worry about it you know <laughs> well i regardless. think yeah for me for me i contributed to the fear for a long time um so when i actually finally threw up at 21 i'd caught a bug from my son and I mean, it, it was really unpleasant that mm-hmm. I literally threw up in the toilet and I sort of looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, was that it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then what was weird is it got significantly worse after that. <laughs> oh, you, you, you feel worse too, right? Like you feel, you know, when you have one of those norovirus's, uh, I remember I when I had it, I was already not afraid anymore. And I was taking kind of not written notes, but taking note in my mind, just to be able to tell emetophobics about it. And I remember thinking the worst thing was how ill you felt, not nauseous, just how ill you felt. Oh, the body aches. And, oh, the body mm-hmm. aches from hell. And <laughs> like fever and tired. You're so tired. Yeah. yeah. So that was worse than vomiting, in, 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 I thought. But yeah. But, yeah. Um, what I didn't realize is when you vomit, you actually feel better after. Yeah. I didn't know that. Right? I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, absolutely I mean, I, true. Right? Yeah. Because that's what it's for, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, yeah. we don't we don't get that when we're emetophobic. It's like this is just horrible. It's just a terrible experience, and then you start to realize, oh, this is your body trying to help you out, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. so you're not poisoned, uh, or you're <laughs> not so f- poisoned with viral particles or whatever you call it. You know, it, it helps you get rid of it. Um, it really does yeah. protect you, yeah. even though. Yes, you're right. It's not very nice, and no one likes it. Absolutely not. We don't like it. Um, I don't like it, I can promise you. I do not like it. But I'm not afraid. You know, there's a difference, I think. There's a a difference. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, they they give you this horror story about when they were sick, when they Mm -hmm. were ill, 
and they exaggerate it, right? They exaggerate it like it's like they were about to die or something. When really, it it's just not that bad at all. But people, yeah, I mean, I've I've had worse sort of flus than Mm -hmm. you know feeling more ill. Um, But yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't last long. No, it doesn't last long. Um, I felt more ill from three COVID vaccines and then getting COVID uh, as far as body aches and all that. That was worse, actually, than getting norovirus. But um, yeah, at least I didn't die or whatever. (laughs) I'd already had the three vaccines, so I wasn't about to to kind of die. Um, You were saying that you you know, at that point, after having your son, then you really tried to get over it. And so you went to therapy. Can you tell us yeah. what kind of therapy and what you did? What helped? Um, so I did just sort of talk therapy. Um, I think that she said there was some CBT involved, but I can't really remember what mm-hmm. was going on. I was quite sort of out of it (laughs) um, for a lot of it. Um, And then I also did the Thrive Program, which I think I've heard you say something about before, but I can't remember. Um, And that was, Mm -hmm. the basis of it was really helpful um, in terms of pushing myself to do things that scared me, which is essentially exposure therapy um but again i think like you said there's points in it that are kind of uh, i don't know flaky um yeah you know it does help (laughs) some people especially people that have never had anything else or maybe they can't afford anything else um i think i think it's a great starting place mm -hmm. it's yeah you know if you've not done anything you've not done any therapy or work it's a really good place to sort of start to work on getting better. Um, right. But I, I don't I don't believe all the testimonies saying that they're completely over it in six no. weeks. No, I don't. For one thing, any bona fide therapist is not allowed to take testimonies from people. That's why there's, I don't have any, <laughs> I'm actually licensed. <laughs> but anyway, that notwithstanding, um, it is based on neurolinguistic programming, which is similar to cognitive therapy, where you're trying to change the way you think. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I tell people, buy the book. You know, it used to be $30. Now I think it's $100. Yeah. But uh, don't don't Oof. spend thousands on their program. Like, don't do that. But no. but you can buy no. the book, see what yeah. you think. You know, um, there are better books. Now there are good books out just specifically uh, from therapists about yeah. emetophobia. So uh, better to get one of those. Um, and now that I've said that, I should say The Emetophobia Manual by Ken yeah. Goodman. A lot of people like that. It's a bit advanced, perhaps. Um, a good one to start with is Free Yourself from Emetophobia by Keys and Veal. Um, so anyway, just threw that in there. Um, so you did yeah. So you did some work with a therapist in the Thrive Program, and then that kind of got you, but you didn't really do any 
structured exposure. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't do any sort of deep work. Um, Mm -hmm. And I kind of told myself that I would be okay if I was sick, if it Mm -hmm. was just once. And I guess what I think I did wrong is I said, I'm only afraid of stomach bugs. (laughs) So I was reinforcing (laughs) <laughs> how afraid you like, were of the stomach bug yeah, yeah. <laughs> inadvertently i didn't realize that while i was doing work to not be afraid of once i was making myself right. more afraid of stomach bugs um yes so yeah. that when that eventually happened i was like oh my gosh wow this is a shock i thought i was fine mm-hmm. but right. when i then started doing therapy again which i doing at the moment um mm-hmm. i realized that i i'd sort of done that to myself <laughs> isn't it incredible though how fragile our brains are like and how easily we can almost say the wrong thing to them uh like you're yeah, describing like that it's not unique what you're saying um a lot of people you know um well, I can give a hundred examples from all kinds of therapies about all kinds of things where you think you're doing the right thing and you're saying something to yourself when all it's, it's actually, you know, not helping. And there's some people, I have this one video that is on my website and it's this guy on a plane who's, who's vomiting into a bag. And I had one client who said, (laughs) yeah, who said, oh, the thing I hate about it is it goes on and on and on. And that's what I'm afraid of, that it'll never stop. And and then I reminded her, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, that video is only 45 seconds long. Like, it's only 45 (laughs) seconds. Like, yes, he throws up like three or four times in a row in that 45 seconds. But then it's done, you know, like that's the end of it. So. Yeah, we catastrophize in our minds. Like we make this huge yeah. deal out of yeah. so many things um, that are not a huge mm-hmm. deal. But yeah, um, well, I think that uh, a whole lot of people are going to to really um, be able to relate to what you're saying. I, I just want to ask. My last question would be: Do you think that? being kind of closed away during COVID made your phobia worse at all? Because around the same time you were kind of mentioning. Yeah. See, it's interesting because when the lockdown was announced, I was like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, Mm -hmm. I can stay at home. My son doesn't have to go to, like, preschool anymore. There are no germs. Like, Mm -hmm. we just be... Us. And it was, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the first lockdown that we had in England. Um, <laughs> it was really nice weather. We were in the garden, like, having ice creams every day. Um, right. Um, and I lived next door to my parents, so we sort of oh. formed a little support bubble. Oh, that's um, good. That's nice. We were together every day, so it was really nice um, in that sense. And I kind of mm-hmm. felt really mentally healthy um but then we had a second lockdown and i started to feel kind of uh locked up uh trapped Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then when we had the the third one um i just got really depressed i was just like this is awful like i want 
I want to go out and mm-hmm. have the germs and <laughs> live <laughs> the life. Right. Um, right. But then yeah. when it was eventually lifted, I was even more afraid of catching bugs because right. I thought, oh, we've not had, we've not been around anyone for so long. We've not got any mm-hmm. immunity or, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think so, that's what a lot yeah. of people, right? They, they felt like, oh, this is so great, you know, no bugs, no whatever. But then avoidance always makes phobias worse. And it did, it made the phobia worse for so many people. I just got flooded, flooded with uh, people wanting uh, help with it. Um, You know, when COVID uh, lockdowns were lifted. Yeah, so, well, Julia, you've been a wonderful guest. Uh, Thank you so much. You've there are just some great things. You've raised a lot of points, and I, I love how you are still working at it, you know, regardless of go, going yeah. back and forth a bit. And, and you'll get to the point where you won't, you won't go back, you know, you just, uh, you, you get I, to I, a point. I feel pretty, yeah, I feel like pretty that's... good at the moment. Good. I've, I've done a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a lot of work, say, isn't it? I wouldn't say it's gone. It's it's not gone. I'm not like mm-hmm. fearless, but there's not a lot of things that I wouldn't do uh, right now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you can live your life feeling then. feeling the fear. Yeah, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. That's what I'm doing at the moment. Excellent. That's exactly it. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's a great thing to close with.